Arboria. drinking fun seltzer water i just i just put water into the soda stream and made it <laughs> you know bubbly I, like have fun. <laughs> I thought about getting one of those i really want one to be honest it's invaluable especially as someone who like recently gave up drinking soda because it's not really good for us even though i love it yeah. um i realized that i like the bubbly aspect of it and i don't need the sugar mm-hmm. so um getting the soda stream was great because it's like we get me and my roommate get two canisters of the the whatever it is the carbonation yeah and it usually lasts us like two months um which is great and it's like 35 bucks for the two of them and then you have unlimited amount of bubbly for two months yeah it's like a yeah it's a good supply for sure (laughs) (laughs) Hey everyone, welcome to Yeah But the Podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm Vivian Gabor, and this episode, oh, I'm so excited. And I hope you all are too. Um, because today I get to sit down with a queen I haven't seen in literal years. Years. Um, <laughs> except on Instagram and Facebook. Um, wonderful person, amazing makeup artist, fantastic performer. Everyone give it up for Callista Stage. Hello. Thank you so much. Hello. How are things in Los Angeles? Los Angeles is pretty quiet right now. It's lovely here. I honestly don't mind the whole aspect of being inside. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, to be honest. As someone who suffered from FOMO constantly, the pandemic has actually been kind of restorative. (laughs) You're like, oh, now everybody's not doing anything. Right. I, I don't have to worry all. about being left out by any group of people because no one's doing anything great. Thank exactly. You. <laughs> so tell me, tell me all the things. Tell me what have you been up to? You've recently started posting on your Instagram again, which is I the have. best thing ever. I, I took a nice, quiet, long little break and it was honestly very essential. Like I... I, I felt like I needed to, I needed time to just, you know, mm. sit back, reflect, restore on myself as a person, but also like the next level, the next stage for who she is, mm-hmm. you know? So it's been nice. Um, and like, you know, you just said right now, I've just started posting again and I've been recently, you know, being, been getting really creative and just, you know, letting it flow. And I'm just loving where the, creative concept of who she is who Callista Stages is is, it's is coming from you know it's a great place and I'm really happy um I'm in a great place in my life where you know I'm super super comfortable with who I am as a person but also just like very comfortable being who Callista Stages is as a person and kind of coalescing the two personalities and becoming one powerhouse of creativity that's great yeah yeah I I feel very similarly in that before the pandemic, like, I feel like there was me and then there was Vivian and there, like, 
they didn't meet very often. Every once in a while they would meet, but it didn't go very well. And pandemic has been a time to like sit down and think through like, what kind of looks do I want to be doing? How do I want to like be perceived? How do I want to show myself to the world? And it's been so rejuvenating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah honestly, yes. it's, it's been Absolutely. wonderful. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's a time where everybody is healing and reflecting. And mm. like you said, you know, Vivian and yourself never met. I've actually never gotten your boy name, by the way. My real name. I don't. I think I've said it on the podcast, but it was years ago. Years oh my ago. Gosh. <laughs> uh, my real name is Ira. My birth. Oh, my birth Ira. name is Ira. It's Sorry to call you out like that. I put you on the spot. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, there was a time where I was like, no one can know my real name. I don't want this out there. I, I want to just be Vivian. And now I'm like, right. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Use whatever you want. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Um. So like I was saying, you know, you and Vivian and Ira, you know, they never met. And mm-hmm. it was the same thing with me and, or myself, Liam and Callista. It's like, now it's just both of them. We've had a lot of time to sit here and think by <laughs> ourselves, you know. Um, and it's only natural that both of your personalities are going to become one. Absolutely. Especially when we get a time, a chance to breathe. Like breathing is yes. an important thing that I feel like a lot of drag queens don't take time to do because we're constantly having to work and we're constantly trying to make coin and constantly trying to be seen and trying to yes. figure out the algorithms and everything. Yes, yes, <laughs> all of the above. Oh my gosh, now that you say it like that, you just list it off. It's like, mm-hmm. no wonder, like no wonder I never put that much work into myself yeah. because she had shows to get to, you know, she had things to do that there was no time because you know, we are our own production staff. Like we are making and doing everything for ourselves, for, you know, alter ego or persona Mm -hmm. that we never really put that work into ourselves. And especially, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, I, when lockdowns first happened, I was in London. I didn't have a lot of stuff to do. Um, So I was like doing shows on Twitch with other queens and I was trying to do makeup as much as possible. And I was just making myself outfits and kind of dove into work to kind of, dull the pain of (laughs) what was going on in the world and then when I moved back to New York it suddenly like drag shows online drag shows were becoming this big thing and so not only did I have to produce what I was wearing what I looked like what I was performing I also had to figure out what OBS was and understand a little bit of how to use Twitch and figure out lighting and backdrops and girl I applaud (laughs) you on that like that that is an aspect of quarantine COVID drag that I just haven't really dived into. Don't, don't, don't do it, girl. Don't do it. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't think I will. I think for me, it's always been getting on stage and connecting mm. with an audience that way that really like gets my blood boiling. That really, that's really my medium of connecting with people is being on stage. So right now with that, with online content, like my way of connecting <laughs> with people is, is through imagery, is through mm. concepts that way. And again, like I said, I applaud you for going and diving into that. Well, don't applaud hole. too loudly. It, it wasn't <laughs> that great of content, but thank you. So talking about working on stage, did you start drag as someone who had done theater before or did you come at it from the art side? I did, I did. I come from a, a very long, long, 
theatrical background. I started as a kid um, doing stage plays, whatever, auditioning for commercials, and then it just naturally progressed. I went to performing arts high school, um, was in the theater arts program, a choir program, everything. So I come from a theatrical background. That's kind of my bread and butter. Nice. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Texas. Ooh, come on, Tejas. I did. I grew up in a very, very small rural part of um, South Texas called Raymondville. Okay. And I obviously <laughs> I'm not even did... gonna pretend like I've heard <laughs> I mean, about it. No, nobody has. <laughs> nobody has, and you can't even like um it's at the very, very southern tip of Texas. Um okay. literally borders Mexico almost. Um they call it the Rio Grande Valley. Okay. Obviously, I did not fit in there. I never <laughs> felt like I fit in there. And at the very ripe age of like 14, I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I, I can't grow here. I'm not an art. I, I am an artist and I can't grow as an artist here. I need to move. Wow. So naturally, the next step was like, okay, my son's not happy here. Where do we take him? And so I presented the idea that I wanted to move with my grandma in Texas or in Dallas to Dallas. Mm. So she lived there. And so I ended up moving by myself. She like gave me the the liberty to go move by myself to a different city with my wow. grandma. So that was a whole um, maturing process in itself. I yeah. bet. And especially yeah. moving from small town Texas to Dallas and because Dallas is like the epitome of like old money Texas. Like oh, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> old money, honey. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I only have one experience in Dallas because I so um I have a master's in opera. I I I say it like that because it sounds exciting. It's not exciting. <laughs> I sat in a classroom for two years and did one homework assignment a month. It was not hard. Um, I mean, yes and no. Like, you did work on your voice. Fair. You know, uh, that like, I now... I give yourself credit. But, <laughs> right, right. Um, but when I was finished with that, I was kind of being pushed towards getting a doctorate, which I never got. Um, mm -hmm. And my professor was like, you should go check out Rice University, which is in Dallas. And so I was like, okay, why not? Like, I have extra money. I'll go to Texas. I get there and just driving to the school, I was like, I, these houses, they're so big. They're what huge. What is happening? <laughs> and like, you know, on some level, they don't lie. Like everything is bigger in Texas. And, mm. you know, like I said, on some level. Oh yeah. It's the, the number of- <laughs> Oh yeah. And like nowadays we would just say they were like Pinterest houses. Like they're, they're like that kind of house. Mm -hmm. I can and only imagine all... the culture shock. Oh God. Yeah. No, I, I, like I said, small rural, like my house was, I mean, it was a sizable house back in like my small Raymondville, Texas, but it, we were poor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it was poor. Um, and so like going into Dallas, Texas and seeing like a completely different life, of course, like a huge culture shock going from a school of like 20 kids in my grade to like 6,000 <laughs> <laughs> was crazy. And it was, it was such a learning curve that I was actually quite ready for. Mm. Like I was ready to, to move out and to experience something more because I knew that there was more to life than just where I was living. Yeah. You know. So you did that at the beginning of high school then? I did. So then that means that you got all of high school to kind of explore that theater. 
I did. Theater side of you and high school theater mm-hmm. is so much fun. <laughs> and that's when I, yes, it is. And that's when I started like playing, um, I guess with like gender more as mm. far as like how I express myself and everything, because back home, obviously I could not unless, yeah. or I, I, I would definitely be called out for it or made fun of or bullied for it or whatnot, which yeah. happened from time to time, even when I wasn't expressing myself how I wanted to, like it just naturally comes out of me. You know, I, yeah. I'm not mask for mask I'm not I can't I can't <laughs> blend in it's not easy for me to blend in yeah so you know people knew and people always gave me shit for it but I never really cared so but yeah I was definitely ready for it moving to Dallas and then you know getting that I don't know like the culture of everything and just being able to be myself and experiment with gender and mm-hmm. clothes and everything and junior year is actually when I started dressing in women's clothes publicly and like wore it out to school and Ooh. heels the whole nine. Oh yeah oh my god Oh yeah, I was dressed in my best Forever 21 <laughs> Charlotte Ruse. <laughs> yes, Charlotte Ruse. Yes, for sure. Oh God. So so deep question. Very deep question. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> Favorite high school theater role. Oh, oh my God. Um there's so many. Favorite? Oh God. It, it's probably Link, Link Larkin and Hairspray. Ooh, that's a fun I loved one. that one. It was it was it was fun to sing. It was the 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 clothes. I honestly wanted to wear all the clothes that the girls were wearing. <laughs> oh yeah, I could not. So, but yeah, anything sure, like, said in the sixties, please, please oh, let me look like me. that. Yeah, no, I definitely had like the greaser hairstyle and all that, and that <laughs> was fun to play with. But no, for sure, for sure, I wanted to wear the dresses. Like, give me a good mod dress, good shift dress. Like, I'm oh, here for it. Yes. Oh, my God. Although, for me, I'm more like, give me the moo-moos. Give me some fringe on Bitch. there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a nice yes. little go-go boot. Like, give let's me the do beehive. this <laughs> Yes. So then, after high school, where did you go from there? How did you get from that to L.A. and and drag as we know it? Right. Okay. So let me tell you this process. Uh, senior year, I started saving up for the move. Mm-hmm. I let my my mom actually ended up moving to um, Dallas for my okay. senior year because she wanted to be there for that you know big milestone in my life. Yeah. So she moved up there, and I started working, saved up some money, and by the end of graduation, I was like, all right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm I moved done. out. Yeah, and so then I moved out here with a no job, and. Um, no place to live. It's a choice. Just, oh, absolutely. I, I don't know how I would do that now. Like, I don't think I would do that now ever. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's that that young spirit, that naivety that just, you know, gets you to do crazy things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved out here, no job, no place to live. Found um, a place to live after like two weeks and then got a job shortly thereafter. I ended up working at... Um, Top shop. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. been to it when you were. Oh, here. of course, yes. Yeah, so of shop. course. <laughs> and, yes, and I think they have one in London too. Side note, I, I mean, it's, it started so. in London. It's a London-based company. So yeah, yeah. Um, started working there, and then shortly after, got a job with Mac, Mac Cosmetics. Good um, old Mac. And then I was like, okay, I don't want to have two jobs. That's terrible. I don't want to have that. So then I quit Top Shop and just started working Mac full time honed in on the makeup artistry because that's always been there you know I love mm-hmm. makeup I loved playing with makeup I love putting it on so naturally it was just you know the next transgression of things um did Mac for 
about a year and a half. And finally at that point, I was, I feel like I, I felt like I was stable enough to start experimenting and drag and going out. Give me one second. I'm about to burp and I don't want to do that. Because <laughs> I'll I'll let it out, honey, but she's not. Oh, don't right worry now. about it. <laughs> so um <laughs> ladylike was earlier when I was in drag. Exactly. I mean, I'm absolutely in drag. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? They're not seeing this. Um, so yeah, I started to feel like I was um, stable enough to start um, going out. And by that time I had a, a strong, stable group or stable, but strong group of friends who I could go out with and we could, you know, kiki and go out together and, you know, be fabulous. So that's where it all started. And that was about, I was about 18 at the time. The drag had started a little bit before then, but that was when I could do it again after moving mm. here to Los Angeles. I started doing drag in Dallas at 17, sneaking into clubs and like, <laughs> you know, being bad. Hey, 17 is not bad considering when I got to New York, people were like, oh, I was sneaking into bars at like 14, 15. I'm like, oh yeah, I know. It's a completely different world over there. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. But I mean, kind of cool at the same time. Um, I mean, cool for them, not so cool for the businesses that could have been shut down. <laughs> and any kind of possibility of like bad things happening to these children. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, let's see, started um, doing drag here at around 19, 18, 19. Um, started joining competitions shortly thereafter. Um, I did 340 The Face. There was, um, uh, God. West Hollywood Summer Olympics, like there was a whole bunch of other ones that I did. Lip service at the Abbey, Ugh, and I just started. Service. I just started throwing myself into these competitions because I knew, like, that's how I was going to get my name out there. Mm -hmm. That's how I was going to grow as an artist. Um, that's how I was going to challenge myself to try new things and you know just, you know, get to know the girls. Also, like my my acquaintances, friends, whatever you want to call it, like the girls in the area. Like that's how I was going to familiarize myself with the territory. Yeah, so I did that. And then after winning um, We Host Summer Olympics, I got um, residency shortly thereafter and stayed there for about three years. And then um, 2018 hit. And that was around the time that I started to kind of feel like maybe I should be working on myself a little bit mm -hmm. more because I literally from like 18 to like 23, 24, like I was just not... I, I was going full force in drag. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, that's all I thought about. That's all I did. That's all I gave my focused intention to. And, you know, Liam was left not really being given much. Yeah. Uh, I was myself. I was just, you know, going to work, thinking about drag, focusing on drag, getting home. You know what I'm saying? Oh so, yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was the process. That was the time. So I feel like, yeah, I just had work to do. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think I'm trying to remember how we met I honestly I don't know if I could pinpoint when we met was it a I show or was it online it was online because I, I know okay. that we we've met a couple of times at DragCon I think was one time mm -hmm. and that was like DragCon 2018 I think it was in LA I think it was like the second DragCon 
Oh my god! Yeah, yeah you were in like that green dress, and I yes. was in like the nude outfit. <laughs> I remember that part because I know we yes. took pictures. We took pictures of the Anastasia Beverly Hills booth. Yes, and then combined them because we never got a picture together. <laughs> <laughs> you combined it. That was genius. Yes, I loved that. I th- I still have that on my phone somewhere. That's somewhere, it's but you know, yeah, um, we met online for sure, and I think we just like chit chatted here and there, and mm-hmm. then like finally we met like in person. The, the wonders of social media being able to do mm-hmm. that and honestly I've been thinking about DragCon a lot recently and how like we all complained about it like there was not a single drag queen who didn't complain about DragCon Definitely. But, at, but at the same time how wonderful it was and how much I like my year revolved around DragCon like figuring out what I was going to wear getting yeah. to like see people that I never got to see yeah, it was yeah. like the event of the season. It, it was, was like our it was like our fashion week, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. And then when they they bumped it from two days to three days, and everyone was like, "Oh, now I can do two days of drag and one day of no drag, so I can enjoy mm-hmm. it." Mm-hmm. And like being like walking past someone twenty times without realizing who it was, and then you check their socials, they're like, "Oh no, I wanted to see you, and I didn't realize I was you." Like, oh. It's astounding how you can be in that same room with like so many people and you you walk past them multiple times and you still don't get to meet (laughs) everybody that you know online. Like it's nuts. That, that, um, the warehouse, I don't know what to call it. What's the building? Convention center. The convention (laughs) center. Thank you. I was at a loss. This truly is working. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy how this, you know, convention center, it's just so big and there's just so mm. many little hubs of different... Well, and that last one was in, like, the, the first few were in the, like, side convention hall that wasn't super big, and then the last one was, like, in the the gigantic one that the convention didn't even fill the hall. No. So there were whole parts yeah. where you're like, I'm just walking behind all of these booths, don't worry about it. Like, uh-huh. don't ask me what I'm doing here. <laughs> It's a lot. It's it's so much, but I miss it. I miss like the the chance to just go to LA and and visit um and see so many people and like have stories that to this day I'm like, "Oh yeah, I did this show with like this person." And people are like, "Oh, wow, yeah. how did you do that?" And I'm like, "Cuz I got booked by a local queen and that person happened to be in the show." Like <laughs> it was not something that I tried to do. <laughs> it's that process to that process of um of booking yourself and getting yourself Mm -hmm. like places and uh the rush of everything it's just yeah i definitely miss that sitting there figuring out who's the manager of this bar who's the how do i like who do i talk to to get a gig and like going and sitting i remember my first time in la i went to mickey's at like I must have just opened to it like noon and sitting there for hours trying to figure out who the manager was. Oh. Finally figuring out who Adam was and like sitting there being like super chummy and still not getting a gig. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> it's a cutthroat world. <laughs> it is, but it's so much fun and we love it. It is. We do. I mean, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't love it. So so riddle me this, or not riddle me this, but um, tell me I what, it- <laughs> <laughs> what. I love that. What have you been doing in your off time from drag? Um, I mean, really in my off time of drag, I've just been putting more into drag, you know? <laughs> so preparing it for the time that we can, you know, see the sun again, like mm-hmm. 
I've just been putting things together and making sure that one second, I'm burping again. <laughs> <laughs> you should just title this Callista's Burps. Like, <laughs> that's it. Perfect. Um, where was I? I completely lost my train of thought with this. Um, uh, what you were doing in your off time from drag. <laughs> yes. So I guess, I mean, that goes back to like the beginning of 2019. Like I've just been really figuring out who Liam is again, mm. you know, who I am. What do I like now? You know, what do I want to look like? You know, things like mm-hmm. who the people I surround myself with. Um, you know, personal things that most people don't get to do when they're focusing on their alter ego all the time. Yeah. What were some of your What were some of your biggest struggles in that in terms of kind of refinding yourself? Well, the the biggest hurdle I think was getting to that point where it's like, oh shit, like I don't know who I am. I I've, I've completely been putting all of this time into her that I completely have lost sight of like putting, you know, love back into myself. And mm-hmm. then so getting to that moment and realizing that that has happened and then being like, okay, where do I go from here? Like navigating that process was I think the hardest part. And then finally, once you've gotten, you know, a, not a list, but just an idea of what needs work, um, that, that, that was the easy part. You know, you just start, putting love back into yourself mm. but also actually the another hard part was actually getting to the point of saying I need to step back mm. from Callista stage I need to take a little break and just giving myself that time that was hard because you know after putting so much work into her for so long putting a sudden halt into the progress of your drag persona and what you've worked for like that's hard yeah, that, that's a tough point to get to, but it was necessary. You know, I don't think I could have gotten to this point without having that pause. Yeah, completely. I also recently got to that point um, of kind of the, the I've, I feel like throughout our lives, we kind of have these moments where we're able to redefine ourselves and we're able to take a step back and say, okay, what am I? Who am I? What? what is keeping me from being who I want to be Um, and it all comes in different places for us and I just turned 30 uh, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) you look good (laughs) thanks (laughs) it's because I grew my eyebrows back Uh, (laughs) we love um, a brow moment (laughs) relearning how to cover them is the hard part Um, I love that yeah no it's tough (laughs) But having that moment of, okay, I'm 30. I made it to 30. Didn't think that was going to happen. What do I do now? And like, mm-hmm. I having moved around so much in 2019, because I was back and forth. I spent half the year in London. So mm-hmm. I didn't own much anymore. And I when I, I tried to actually move there, um end of 2019 beginning of 2020 and threw away most of my drag I think I kept like two or three things and so I really had this moment of saying okay I have nothing what am I gonna do like as I start making things what do I want to make who do I want to be um and a good like three or four months with 
literally no drag like I grew a full beard I had full eyebrows again like man it was (laughs) it was was exciting in the way of like I didn't have any expectations being put on me at the moment um right and I could just kind of do whatever I wanted um and it's daunting it's a it's a big task to look at your life and say I've been doing all of this stuff for this long Mm -hmm. now I'm gonna change it a why am I gonna change it and if I don't have a good enough reason should I change it and then what am I gonna change who who am I gonna be what do I what do I actually want out of this Mm -hmm. and it's It's such such a daunting process yes it's such a daunting exciting process but it's also just so beautiful like the transformation process you know the work that you're putting into who you're going to be for the next however many years who you want to be not who you're going to be but who you want to be it's it's a really beautiful process I love it I love reinvention so much oh yeah that's why we do this we we do drag because we love to become and tell different stories Mm -hmm. yeah I remember when I turned 27 I all of a sudden had all of the like woo-woo people in my life being like, oh, it's your Saturn's return. Oh, the next few years are going to be rough. Like, have fun with that. And I was like, what does that mean? What is <laughs> what is Saturn's return? Like, I don't, that sounds like complete schlock. Like, what are you talking about? And then like doing some research and realizing, oh, it's, it's because there's this certain cycle biologically that we go through and that our minds go through that every like 27, 28 years Mm -hmm. is when things kind of change over. It's the the first kind of midlife crisis and going through that. And I'm not going to say it was the, the best of times, but you coming out on the other side and saying, okay, great. I went through all of that. Now what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, what's next? <laughs> and so, <laughs> just like this better not have been for nothing. Oh my God, right? Oh my God. I definitely, there were moments, there were moments in like 2018, 2019 where I was like, all this work better be for something. It better, better fucking be for something. Mm-hmm. But then you come to this point of, but the work itself was the, the point. It wasn't leading up to something. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like all of that upheaval just kind of instead of teaching you or taking you somewhere is teaching you more to internalize and be like, oh, I'm actually just doing this because I love to do it, not because there's some endpoint. The endpoints are great and there will be multiples of them. But the the work itself, the the introspection, the the turning in and, and turning out is is the the actual joy of it Mm -hmm. that's the whole point of it (laughs) (laughs) at least i sure hope so (laughs) i hope i came to the right conclusion on that one (laughs) so so what is the next step now that you're now that you're back on the wagon now that you're you're doing (laughs) drag again and you're on the socials Mm-hmm. Um, the the next step really is to just continue elevating and challenging myself to, I guess, be the best version of Callista stage. And I mean, hopefully one day soon we can get back on stage and mm. 
you know, that process can start again, because that's really, like I said in the beginning, that's what it is for me. I love being on stage. I love connecting with people. And, you know, that's, that's what I love. Do you have and any specific... Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, do you have any specific inspirations or influences that you're that you're looking to now or um, just just more focuses? Oh, OK. Got it. Yeah. Or newer um, focuses. I think where I guess in terms of wanting to take my my drag persona, my character, different places, um, I the drag character, the focus has shifted from like a an entertaining kind of, I don't want to say clown, but you know, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Like, to, I think that's paint, fair. <laughs> to paint the picture, you know, somebody who gets on stage and does like a funny number and, mm. you know, is that, that the, the, the character has shifted and I want to take her to places of high fashion. You know, she's a, an ethereal goddess, you know, the hyper feminine aspect of drag. That's where, that's where she's at. That's where mm-hmm. she's going. Interesting. Mm-hmm. How how does that how does that um, take her out of this this dichotomy moment um, of the of the two people? How are you finding that meshing? Well, I about around age 25, 26, I started to get to a place with my body where I love to show it off. You know, I worked hard for it. I love it. And that kind of coalesces with the drag character because she loves to show body. She's mm. about skin. She's sexy. She's, you know, you know, tan and whatever. And that's kind of the two kind of marrying together. That's cool. I I, I feel like something that I've I've learned over time is that and I mean, it's something that people told me a lot, but it was, as a fat person, it's hard to hear that everyone in the world has body issues and that we're all mm-hmm. self-conscious about our bodies. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, it, it, I, I've come to this place of understanding how everyone relates to their bodies. And it's such a, it's such a funny thing that we're all human. We all have bodies and we all have trouble being in our bodies right like we can (laughs) sit here all day and nitpick at every single thing but at the end of the day like this is the body we have yeah we're gonna put it forward and that's it well and it's it's such a i i think if nothing else it's the most obvious the, the most obvious pointer to the fact that we're we're like these souls that are put into this body because we all <laughs> none of us feel connected to our bodies in the beginning we all have to like find that way to connect and right. it's, it's so fascinating and it's yeah i've i've i understand that i understand that um mm-hmm. showing showing your body is a is a hard choice to make and then once you make it all of a sudden it's just like oh Oh, this oh, works look. for me. Oh, oh I can God. do this. Can I flip my hair this way? <laughs> Wait, I can part my hair on the left side and it still looks uh, good? I can show leg and it's fine. I don't have to wear stockings. <gasps> what? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. My big thing recently is, wait, I don't have to shave my chest and I still look beautiful? Excuse me? Like, the thing that Brooklyn Drag figured out years ago, (laughs) I just finally came to terms with. (laughs) 
<laughs> body hair was another thing for sure. Like just being comfortable with having body hair is like a, a thing, you know? It's a weird thing. Yeah, because I used to laser, I used to get lasered oh, like, so my jealous. entire body all the time. So like I'm still I'm so slightly jealous. hairless, but like, you know, when the hair grows back or whatever, like it can grow back if mm-hmm. I don't shave it. And just getting to a point, I think, during this quarantine where it's just like, like you were saying earlier, you didn't have anybody giving you expectations or things that you needed to meet that you just grew out a beard, you grew out your, your brows. And, you know, I grew up like I had chest hair again, like that was crazy. You know, Mm -hmm. it was was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing what happens when you're not constantly around people who I don't, for me, at least, I don't think it was the people I was around who were the ones giving me the expectations but it was me expecting them to have expectations of me. I know what you mean, yeah. And so trying to fit into that, like being like, okay, well, I live in this part of the world, so I'm going to wear flannel and I'm going to do this and I'm going to wear that and walk like this. And now I'm just like... Leaning into the stereotypes. I'm going to wear jeans, but I'll also like wear some jewelry and I'm going to go to the store, so why not wear some high heels? Because why not like whatever or like i'm not going anywhere so i'm just gonna wear a long t-shirt all day like (laughs) oh the best feeling ever it's truly the best feeling (laughs) wearing sweaters i love wearing sweaters now now that it's cold i have recently leaned into my love of turtlenecks yes um i feel like in my childhood so Growing up homeschooled, my parents made a lot of choices for me in terms of fashion. And when I was a little kid, I wore a lot of turtlenecks because that's just what they bought for me because it was those were very popular in the 80s, which is when my parents were more aware of fashion and stuff. And then in the 90s, they were kind of going out. In the 2000s, they were absolutely out. And that's when I was like, oh, I can't wear turtlenecks anymore. Fine, whatever. And recently I've just been like, no, I love having that. Like, I just love having something around my neck that's not tight. That's just, it feels like it's cradling me. And so I'm just like, you know what? Everything is a turtleneck now. Who needs cleavage? It's all all turtlenecks. (laughs) I love that you say that. Who needs cleavage? (laughs) Who needs cleavage? (laughs) None of the cast of season 13, that's for sure. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm so, oh my God. She's kidding everybody. She's just <laughs> kidding. Wait, so going on that, how are you feeling about the season? I'm living. I <laughs> I mean, Okay, well, I mean if we're going there. <laughs> Jokes aside. Um I have very mixed feelings about this season. Um I think so just I guess I can say this since it was now a year ago. I auditioned for last season, but I didn't put a lot of effort into it. Um, Because I had already auditioned four times and I was like, you know what, if they're going to cast me, they're going to cast me. I don't have time for this. I want to go to London. So I just sent in a single lip sync and didn't really try. And I'm sitting here now just beating myself up and being like, I wonder, not even like I would have gotten on, but like, I wonder if I had. And so there's that, that like nagging (laughs) feeling. So watching the show just like brings that feeling forward for me. Um, and it's definitely made me a little bitter, which I shouldn't be. And I'm working through that. Uh, <laughs> Progress, <laughs> <but> growth. I, th- <laughs> I think, 
I think there's a lot of really good stuff going on this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've found myself a little frustrated with the lack of, um, not the lack of drama. I actually enjoy that the girls are being sisterly and like people can see what being a drag queen is actually like. Like that's what addressing the what are um, untucked is right now is what dressing rooms are actually like. Like just sitting around shooting the shit with each other. Like, it's nice to see that. Um, but there is that part of me that's like, it's a competition. Why is no one going home? I want someone to go home. I want, like, it doesn't, it didn't feel like there were any stakes the last few weeks. So I get it. I'm very excited to see someone go home. Not, not <laughs> in that I want them all to go home. But like, <laughs> I'm excited to start having that, like, the anticipation of, oh no, is my favorite person going to leave the show? Like, got I miss it, that feeling. It. Yeah, so you as a viewer are ready for the show to keep progressing. Yeah, absolutely. Funny, <laughs> it's like I'm just waiting for a plot line. <laughs> yeah, totally get it. No, what do you I think about, are you so watching excited. Drag Race UK? I haven't started yet. I'm going to, but right now I've <sighs> just been like so busy with a couple things that I've got going on for That's projects that I'm just so ready. Projects, people. Projects. Capital P projects. I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait to put them out. <laughs> I, I, yes, I'm finishing one thought and then moving on to the next thought. I was just asking, um, I, I'm only very invested in like two people on American Drag Race because I know them personally. (laughs) And then Drag Race UK, I like know like five of them. So I'm just like, I feel a little more invested in Drag Race UK just because I'm so excited for my friends. Yeah. Um, But it's, it's, it's a different monster and it's a very fun show as well. Definitely. No, I definitely have to get into it for sure. Just when I have a little bit more time. (laughs) Yeah. In terms of projects, it's so nice. I've finally, personally, I've always had this issue as a designer, as someone who sews a lot, and I'm sure you feel this way too, because you make a lot of your stuff too, is I, I have this weird thought in the back of my head whenever I sit down to make something that when I sit down to make it, it has to be done by the time I stand up. Otherwise it will never get finished. And like, it's this weird, like nagging fear. So I just, that's why I have so many spandex things and so many things that I can just whip out in two hours. Like a slight OCD. Yeah. Gotta be done by this time. If it's not done today, it's never going to be done. So I just got to do it. And recently just giving myself permission to be like, it's okay if something takes like a week to finish. And so like, I'm, I'm putting out a look tonight or for people listening in a couple of weeks ago, um, <laughs> putting out a look tonight that I sat and worked and it's not a big look. It's literally just neck up, but it's something that I took like three days making because I just wanted to do everything as beautifully and as nicely as I could. And it's just such a wonderful feeling to just sink into a project and let yourself enjoy. Absolutely. The, the process, process. Yeah. yeah now to just get to to have all that time to yourself and put that love and you know artistry into that project mm-hmm. and taking your time with it there's there's nothing better than having no time limit on something yeah. that you want to do well and and the number of times i would i would yell at people and say drag is art drag is art and then look at pictures of my drag and be like where's the art in that like it's oh. literally a spandex card why is that special why is that interesting why is that oh mean? i mean that 
that can be like in conversation for <laughs> but like because there's so much to unpack in that one statement mm. but like at the same time you know to some people that bodysuit is art you know and i so mean like to be fair to them and to to me a couple of years ago it was yes. art and it was what i could mm-hmm. do and it was what um it was stretching and pushing me to do new things mm-hmm. but as someone who has been I can make a leotard in 45 minutes. I can make a a stretch gown in less than an hour. Like I can do those things so quickly. Why am I sticking at that level? Why am I not pushing myself? Right. And I feel like as artists, we should constantly be pushing ourselves and constantly be allowing ourselves to enjoy the process of what we're doing. Because why else are we doing it? Exactly. If we're not growing, if we're not learning, why are you doing it? Oh, the, oh my gosh, learning, <laughs> learning, being an artist. Uh, learning is my my like was my mantra last year. I was like, if I'm doing nothing else, I need to be learning something. Like for my birthday, I got a subscription to MasterClass. The that the oh yeah, MasterClass. Mm-hmm. I almost got one too, but Mama it's was broke at the so time. It's so worth it if you have <laughs> if you have the money or if you have someone that can gift it to you. Oh, let me tell you, sitting down and just acting lessons from Natalie Portman and marketing lessons from Daniel Pink and um. Uh, Annie Leibovitz has a, a masterclass on photography and um, just the number the num the the amount of knowledge mm-hmm. on that site is incredible. And even even without that, YouTube is gotten has gotten oh this gosh. year has yes. gotten so much more. YouTube intense. is a plethora of knowledge. Well, it was before the pandemic. <laughs> and now like people that I've followed for years, just because they do fun little tutorials and stuff like that, all of a sudden they're like, well, I have time. So like, I'm going to do this deep dive into this particular era of fashion history and make this gown and, and take you to costume makers and interview them. And there's so much knowledge and it's so exciting. I agree. I actually just got recently hooked on... Um, this one YouTuber, I don't remember his last name, but I know his at on Instagram is makeup by Spencer. Looking it up right now. Go look it up right now. He's so fun to watch. And he actually started his YouTube channel during quarantine. Um, And shortly, it was a little shortly after, because, you know, most people weren't trying to get in other people's faces during the beginning of quarantine, but it was a little shortly after. And I just love the, the emphasis on beauty and, and, in pulling out the beauty Mm. from within or the beauty that's already there and he's just exemplifying who they are and their beauty and I just love his work so much he's also such a fun personality these makeups are gorgeous oh my goodness he does he has great looks such great looks I I will almost inspired me to start a YouTube channel (laughs) (laughs) I mean do it do it I just want you don't have to have a schedule that was the thing yes that was the thing I started I started making some YouTube videos that I was like I have to put one out every week I have to do this and then I did it I was like this is a lot of work (laughs) <laughs> oh, absolutely. I've done it once before. And in order for me to do it again, like I'm that type of person who, if I want to put something out, if I want to put a project out, anything that I want to put out, it has to be done or executed perfectly or mm. it's not coming out. 
and with um, YouTube channel, like I want the perfect lighting. I want the perfect mm. setup. I want the camera, you know, everything yeah. to be exquisite and yeah. beautiful because I feel like that's part of my brand. You know, absolutely. I want things well, to be it's fun to and do and perfect. Yes, exactly. I I live with another room uh, with another roommate. Of course, I've. <laughs> I live with another drag queen <laughs> and it's so funny watching from from when I moved in in May mm-hmm. to now May of 2020 to now I um our living room has turned from being a living room to being like a, a film studio uh-huh. now we have like a backdrop frame and we have like multiple circle lights and she just got like soft boxes and we're like oh, getting oh it is all a the, studio it is ma'am. a studio at this point and it's it's so much fun getting to dive into that side of things because like you watch movies you watch youtube videos you like you have an idea that there are people doing things behind the scenes but then being able to actually do those things behind the scenes is so much fun at least to me i'm a nerd but it's so much fun <laughs> I mean, it's also like, it's so much fun, but it's also like crazy how much it takes up space. Mm, like oh in my God. studio, I mean, we're in LA, obviously everything is a little bit more, or actually no, it's kind of equally oh, the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's just as small. <laughs> so, I mean, you get it. Like mm-hmm. in a studio, it's crazy how your little setup on camera takes up the entire room. Absolutely. Oh my God. I When I first started doing zoom calls and stuff i was like okay i want to make sure i have good lighting i want to have a background i want to do all these things and setting it up and i was like i have no bedroom left (laughs) and so i had to like pare down and like figure out how to do it more succinctly and i've gotten to the point where it's just a desk it's just my shelves (laughs) it's all working well but it takes up room it takes up space it changes your way of life (laughs) drag takes up room it takes up space and it changes your life Fair. Fair. Like, drag is all encompassing like it really it just Ugh. it it takes over it's it's a good and a bad thing if you let mm-hmm. it well and something i was talking to someone about recently was we when we were younger when social media was first starting you kind of you could get away with just oh this is a picture of me from above and you just see me and you don't really see what's around you. So you could take a picture anywhere. And now that we're in this space where we have Zoom calls, where we're in each other's homes constantly, it's not even just like, for those of us who are in apartments and small apartments, it's not even just, oh, I need to have this corner of the room clean. It's like, you ha- you're you basically living in a Better Homes and Gardens ad at all time anymore because you need <laughs> Instagram space and Instagram pictures and YouTube videos and all these things. It's such a different world. <laughs> right, right. Everything is Pinterest now. Oh Everything God. has to be beautiful. Everything has to be presentable. I remember watching YouTube a few years ago and like Tati Westbrook first got her like, makeup and film studio put together and I was like wow isn't that beautiful if only everyone could do that and now I'm just like oh no everyone has to do that I hate this I don't want to do this (laughs) everyone has to do that definitely (laughs) so tell me it's 2021 yes 
what are things you're excited for this year? What are things that you're looking forward to this year? I'm excited for the new presidency, first off. Uh, yes. <laughs> Inauguration day is tomorrow. I'm excited. Fingers crossed um, for about a hitch. <laughs> fingers crossed for sure. Other than that, I'm, I'm just really excited to start obviously putting forth new content and projects that I've been working on, but also just like the energy of the new year, the energy, you can feel it. You know, it's a different time. The zeitgeist has changed completely. And it's just such, there's new energy. And I'm just really excited for that. Yeah. You know, for what life is going to be like soon. I feel that. I feel that so much. <laughs> Definitely. And I, I'm just so excited as far as like, you know, in the creative aspects go. Um, I've gotten to a point where I'm, I'm, of course, working on new projects and I'm going to be putting them out, but I'm also like not really shy about it anymore. Mm. Like before I was like kind of iffy on when to put out projects because like I said, I'm a perfectionist and I like everything to be like specifically, you know, detailed, yeah. but I'm not shy about it anymore. You know, I am to a point where I'm very content with myself and my drag persona and excited about what I'm putting out that if you love it, you love it. If you don't, you don't. And mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Just it's called self-confidence and it's it's a wonderful thing to ma'am. <laughs> I'm saying that just as much to myself. <laughs> For sure. Oh god. Um, where can people find you online? You can find me on at Callista Stage on Instagram and Callista Stage on Facebook. Um, at some point I will get a YouTube, but not right now, ma'am. <laughs> it's, it's not worth it don't start don't start <laughs> you never know i might have something up at some point Ooh, ooh! i hope so um and for everyone listening you know where to find us if you're not subscribed please subscribe when you listen to an episode please download it before you listen to it because that's what drives the numbers up um and yeah i'm I'm so glad that we got a chance to sit down and talk today. Thank you so much for asking me to be on. Of course. It's also, besides you, your wall behind you is my favorite color. So it's been nice just to have that. <laughs> my favorite color is emerald. And this is not really emerald, but it's- No, it's much like more of like a sage green. Hunter green. Yes, mm. for sure. But no, I'm definitely getting a, an emerald. Emerald color. is a good color. Mm -hmm. Very Wizard yeah. of Oz. I approve. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, but. Thank you for listening to Yeah, But with Vivian Gabor. Tune in next week. Same place, same time. Yeah,